Good afternoon, everybody. Today is Monday, April 26th, and we are less than a week away from the NFL draft. Tom, what's up, bud? Not much, everyone. Happy draft week. Happy happy finals week for some of us. You know, living the dream. I'm excited. We're ready. Get to talk some football today. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is we're basically like we did with Tom – or not with Tom, too, with uh, Ryan this weekend. We're going to do another mock draft just with us. But instead, this is going to be what we, if we were the GMs, would do um, – and kind of do it that way because we kind of did it the other way or, or earlier this weekend. So we'll get into that in about uh, 10 minutes. But uh, obviously we have to talk about uh, today's sports history. In 1900, the newly renamed American League opener in Cleveland draws 6,500 fans. They were still as a minor league team in the Western League. Um. I, I can't think of what else it was, but uh, the, something with the Cavs and the uh, the Warriors happened today in 2016. So that's good. I, I just know we beat the Warriors that year. So, um, wow. little today in sports history for me from 2018. I was in my Snapchat memories back in MetLife Stadium for the Jets and Giants draft party, where I saw an angry Jets fan rip off his custom-made Baker Mayfield Jets jersey and throw it out onto the field after he was taken number one instead of falling to three. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. But uh, uh, did uh, So, obviously, we'll do a little bit of sports topics. Um, did you see the, the UFC fight over the weekend? Did you I didn't see his watch leg? it. Did you see uh, his leg? No, I, I can't. Afterwards. I can't. I can't. It was so bad. It was ugly. I, I, I've never understood that, like, is, like, you – to be a to be like a kickboxer and start kickboxing, like not only does it hurt your leg incredibly when you kick someone, but like things like that can happen where his femur just snaps. Uh, that yeah. was that was one of the bad ones. Uh, if you anyone doesn't know, that's Chris Weidman, UFC fighter. He, I mean, he went down within like five seconds. I, yeah, I guess it. It was uh, whoever he was fighting. It was the quickest fight, or it was the only fight in UFC history that was won by that guy without throwing a punch or anything. I mean, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely go look that up, though. As long as uh, you're not squeamish, uh, it it, it brings back mem- brings back memories of uh, Mackenzie Milton at UFC or UCF. I don't know if you remember him, and then obviously um, Paul George for Team USA. That was uh, that was bad too. So, yeah, I was gonna say Paul um, George and that Gordon Hayward injury was disgusting too. That Gordon Hayward injury, I was watching that game because obviously it was versus the Cavs, and it happened. And like he was still down because I didn't see what happened, and uh, he stayed down. And then they showed the replay, and I didn't even really see much on the replay. But LeBron just turns around and like looks at the camera, and he like puts his hand over his mouth. He's disgusted. It was yeah. so. I ended up it was uh, horrifying. Um, yeah. So other news in sports, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers uh, uh, signed Marcus Cousins for the rest of the season. I just saw that. Um, in the NBA, they're dealing with a COVID-related ref shortage. Um, I don't know how that is, considering I would think that all the refs have to be vaccinated. So. 
I don't know. I mean, one would think, but who knows at this point? Yeah. I, that, that does bring up a good point, though. Like, say we're heading into next college fo- – or we'll, we'll talk – like, NFL season. I mean, they, they had to stop testing before the game, right? Uh, I think what I had seen with the at least the NFL, um, if you have a fully vaccinated, like, prescribed – like, they, they do the cards, right? They have the vaccine cards. If you, if you can, like, present one of those, um, you won't have to – get tested daily. Um, you won't have to go into like quarantine after road trips or going into road trips or something like that. I don't know. The NFL released some really long statement. I didn't get a chance to read all of it because I was too busy writing a paper. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, that sucks by your paper, but um, yeah, I just, I, I can't, uh, it, it always bring, brings you back to what the, the Baylor women's coach said in about the final four of the national championship about how they just need to stop testing for it. Um, I agree. We can't, we can't go into Sundays next week, not knowing who's going to be playing. Like, especially from a fantasy football team. I mean, it's just not okay. (laughs) Yes. Honestly. Yes. That's a huge part because uh, fantasy football makes up a lot of money. But just like I, we can't have it happen where, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski is missing a playoff game again because he ran because he was part of contact tracing. Like I, they just need to end it. And uh, like I said, the Baylor women's coach said it the right way. It's like, what's the point? Like the, the, these guys don't like I, I, I hope it comes to the point next year when football starts where it's like if you have COVID, whatever, you still can play. Like I, I just – we can't go. We can't be having like Oregon, Ohio State non-conference top ten matchups getting canceled again. So yeah, um, the one thing I will say about this, and I, I guess it's a little not what people want to hear, but like no one stopped Michael Jordan from playing the flu game when he had the flu, and that was just as contagious. So yeah, and so it, I mean, it, I personally think that. Uh, VCU, they should have just let them play at a later date in the March Madness tournament. Like that's v- that's not their fault that they had to get on a bus along with sixty-seven other teams and go to travel to the city of Indianapolis. So yeah, I just they I, they need to stop testing, and, it, and it's going to be very annoying to me if they do it next year during the game, or before games and on Sundays and everything. Um, but speaking of the Baylor women's coach, she actually left Baylor and went to LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about women's college basketball as to know why this happened. Um, but I don't know. She's a Hall of Fame coach, Kim Mulkey. She's really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's at LSU now. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it unless you got something else. Um, I was going to uh, look over as to the why, but um, I don't really see the why in all honesty. Why what? Oh yeah. Why she moved? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll try and find it. But uh, I, maybe else used the next power. Oh, I think she's from there. Maybe that makes sense. She seems like a southern woman. Well, all I know is that they they said we're thrilled to welcome her home, which like that could mean just like this is her new home, but that's not something that you would say if it's yeah like, yeah. You know, Kim Mulkey, who grew up in Tickfall, Louisiana, there you go. Uh, will be introduced <laughs> in the news conference. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's 
Uh, I mean, if that were men's basketball, that's basically like it's like ba- it's basically like one of the big schools and a coach leaves. It's but like the big schools. So it's if uh, you know Bill Self left Kansas, Kansas or something. So it's not necessarily Coach K and Duke, but it's Bill Self and Kansas kind of thing. So right. Um, Good for them. If it makes it more competitive and she makes more money, good. I, I mean, hey, all I, the way I, I've, 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 I've always said it. I, I, I don't understand Gino Oriema as a man. I, I, I just don't. Like, you have to have bigger goals for yourself. So, whatever. But, um, like, I would be impressed if, like, uh, Gino Oriema could go to, like, oh, like Ohio University and win a national championship, which I know he can't because he's really not that good a coach and he's just a good recruiter. Um, just like Dabo Sweeney, uh, but I'm not going to get, I'm not to get into, get into tirades. Don't worry. Um, I was right. I was like, Oh, here we go. He brought up Dabo. No, nah, yeah, no. Um, uh, did the Mets have a good weekend? Uh, they lost one that they shouldn't have, but, uh, I think they, I think they ended up like three, three and one in the series. So that was not bad. Uh, this is the free shirt that they gave us. And it, you've been noticing, I've been having my hands up. It's like a really low cut shirt for some reason. Yeah, I know. I know. You look like, uh, yeah. like you're, trying to, you're trying to show off some, show off the goods. No, not whatsoever. And what's <laughs> even weirder is like they're the sleeves uh, are three like quarter sleeves. Three. No, I have a shirt like that. Those are like common baseball shirts, but I feel like I should throw on my chain real quick just to make sure that like there's a reason for the low cut. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> just put it, just uh, put it on and be like, oh, it's because my chain. <laughs> we, well, um, the Indians played the Yankees this weekend, and I think they lost two out of three. I don't know. I just I, I can't I can't get into baseball this soon, um, and especially because I cheer for a team that's. A, I said it when I was watching the Indians on Saturday to a couple people. I was like, honestly, I just trade Shane Bieber right now. You're going to get the most for him right now. So that's why true. Not it, like, it, it's just so hard to cut, like, to think about it. Like, yeah, Shane Bieber's under contract for two more years, but then he's going to hit the free agency in the Browns or not the Browns. The Indians have no chance of resigning him. So it's like, well, might as well get what you can out of him. I still think the, the Mets, won the Francisco Lindor trade so much. I mean, I was I, livid when I, I – I was livid with the package that the Indians got from the Mets. And great for the Mets for pulling it off. The, the Indians front office, like I, I told my family and told my friends, I was like, I'm not going to a baseball game this year. The Dolans don't get my money this year. The Dolans the are the worst. No, really, like the Dolans are the worst owners in uh, in all of American sports. Whether you don't got to tell me. Yeah, whether it be the Knicks with James Dolan or it be uh, the Indians or uh, they're just idiots. It's unbelievable. So, um, yeah. and uh, I guess the only other big news really uh, isn't even in our country. It's more over in Europe. Uh, the, I mean, I think we talked about the Super League last year. Um, I'm happy because it's a, it's not happening, and and b, it's uh, the American or the American chairman for Manchester United, my team. Uh, finally resigned after he was figured out that he wanted to join the Super League. So uh, his name's the Woodward family. And uh, so I'm happy they're gone. And now someone else is trying to buy Arsenal. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, Americans uh, tried to ruin the great game of soccer and uh, they almost succeeded, but they didn't. So. Almost. 
Yeah, but I, it is interesting. I mean, it, at some point, the Super League is going to happen. I, I, it's just, I mean, not doing it in 2023 is just putting off the inevitable, but I don't care. I'd still rather get a couple more good years. And I mean, yeah, I think I read somewhere like that, like each team just got 450 million for being in the league. Like, yeah, just to like bring in all better players and yeah. And I mean, and JP Morgan was really a $6.3 billion check just to get the thing started. So uh, it's unfortunately it's something that I it's inevitable. I think it's like Thanos, and he's inevitable. He's inevitable. <laughs> See, this is when we needed the meme when he's just like this, and he says, "I am inevitable." <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we are going to do our mock draft. Tom, do you have the simulator up? I do. Let me share my screen with the mock draft. There we go. Do you see it? Yeah. All I, right. We don't really we don't really need to put the stream up. You really can't see anything. But what? It, it's fine. We, you know, I would say we don't really need to put it up because you can't really see anything, but I guess it's fine. I can yeah, zoom we, in if that helps. No, nah, it's fine. You just leave it. It's fine. I just like having it just so that like people can see stuff. <laughs> I'm a visual person, so I like to accommodate my my needs so that others that are like me can also follow <laughs> whatever um, all right so we'll st- uh we are allowing trades in this one um i think we'll do those l- live time um uh i will take the odds uh tom will take the evens and then we obviously have to switch it up when the jets are on the board again at 23 and the browns are on the board at 26 um but i think the first pick is the easiest i uh, I think we both think, and I mean, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. It would be, uh, I mean, I was looking at the odds today because they're going to, I think you can like gamble on what the first pick is and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they had the only, I think they had like, it was, they had just Trevor Lawrence and then it was Panay Sewell like plus six, 600,000 or something. It, it was crazy. So plus six, yes, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, is, tre- Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville, uh, barring, barring his death this week. So yes. Barring basically anything. Like, yeah, uh, maybe even never, if he's uh, like gets gets hospitalized, they may be like, "Oh, well, he's still talented." Who yeah, knows? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately enough, like even if he got into a serious accident and his brain was damaged or something like that, uh, the Jaguars would still probably want to draft him just to like get his brain. So, uh, whatever. He'll input so, yeah. it into uh, a <laughs> Gardner Minshew and just let it let him go. Yeah. Uh, hey, Gardner Minshew is still a decent quarterback, but. I just I I thought they were gonna trade him uh, elsewhere. I, I thought the Patriots or the, even the Texans, even though that's inner uh, conference or inner division, I thought they they might have traded him out and gotten something for him. Hey man, you guys should trade for him. Give up the second pick for him. Right. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. I mean, Tom, why why don't we go ahead and draft your second pick? Well, actually, it's what you want to do, so this could be interesting. Yeah, I mean. What I want to do is just not the logical thing. I mean, I, you look at all of the tape and you look at 
what everyone's saying and all the hype that that Zach Wilson's getting. I think that that just has to be the pick, and you just have to pray that it it was right and that everyone's right because you you don't hear too many voices that are going against Zach Wilson. So yeah, no, I'm it's, gonna. It, it's been it's been Lawrence then Wilson now. I think maybe like. Two months ago, there was a time when we didn't really know who who the number two guy was on most boards. You know, they were trying to figure it out. I think it's consistently now Zach Wilson across all boards, most likely. Um, I don't agree with it, uh, I but I, like I said, I hope I hope I'm wrong because this is kind of I didn't really have a stance on what Brown, the Browns should do uh, when they had the number one pick in 2018. Um, I, but I, before the draft, I, I probably would have said, no, I don't want to take Baker Mayfield. Um, but so, yeah, I hope he's good. I really do. It just, the fact is he wasn't a captain. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, back in 2018, I wanted the jets to stay at six, but that, but you know, before they traded up with the Colts, I wanted them to stay and take Josh Allen. Um, and look at how that turned out. So I, you know, maybe I should trust my gut a little more with, uh, with going with fields, but I, I think I have to go with, with Wilson just because literally everyone is saying that it, he is the number two. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And uh, just a side note about Josh Allen. I don't know. I've been reading some things. And I've been looking at some of his play. He might not be as good as everyone is cracked out to think he is. I think he has a lot better, a, a really like a like a really really good cast around him. So uh, I think I th- still think he's great, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know for sure if he's like the cl- the class of that draft really. Uh, right now he is, but I think Baker Mayfield will take him over. So the third pick um, is obviously the 49ers pick. Uh, I to me this is this is well, incredibly easy. Did you hear the news this morning or the the? The swirlings that everyone has been talking about this morning. I, I uh, no, I guess not something specific. To, I'm sure they have narrowed. Apparently, word around the the grapevine and word on the street is they've narrowed it down to two quarterbacks that they're looking at at three. That is one Mac Jones and one Trey Lance. I. I... I, I t- I'm telling you, I think they're throwing that a smoke screen. I really think they're going to end up taking Fields. All right. Um, I, 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 I can't believe he would do that. I, I bet, I, I do bet that it's Mac Jones they're thinking about. But you know what? I, I'll stick to the narrative. I'll say that they they go with Trey Lance because I refuse to put them with Mac Jones. That's just not going to happen. I can see Trey Lance, um, but they have to hold on to Jimmy G. Um, eh, well, I guess they don't have to. Who's that sure. guy behind him that you like? Uh, Nick Mullins, but he's a free yeah. agent still. Um, uh, well, and I think C.J. Beathard signed elsewhere, so they don't really have a backup. Yeah, no. So if they are planning on keeping Garoppolo around for – I mean, it, but I think it might take almost a year and a half for Trey Lance to be ready – for the NFL, which if they're willing to wait, fine. Like if, if they're going to be bad again next year and they just want him on the bench and they want to add another like defensive end opposite uh, the younger Bosa, um, then that makes sense. Uh, but 
I, I will play partially into the narrative that it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, but I am until it, it, it actually happens on Thursday evening. I refuse to believe that they are thinking about taking Mac Jones. Sure. But like I said, it's better for the draft if we get one there. So I can, I can a little bit talk myself into the Trey Lance at least. Yeah. I think Lance, this is the, the best landing spot for him because he does have someone like Jimmy G in front of him. I didn't click it, did I? Okay. Um, yeah, I, just yes. because he has someone in front of him, I think this is one of like three or four landing spots that's just perfect. But I, I, I just the, yeah, the because because it, like I guess you're right because I would say the Patriots would be a great spot, and they would. Yeah, but there's really no one for him to learn from in front of him, like. I got to yeah. tell you, I don't want my uh, rookie quarterback who could have <laughs> at this point could end up being probably being Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Um, I, I don't Learning know from Cam that. Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton. Yeah, like uh, I got to tell you that dude, his, his game has literally since he didn't dive on that ball in the Super Bowl, his game has gotten <laughs> worse since then. That's so true. <laughs> it, it literally everything has gone downhill from that point for Cam Newton. So right, um, he talks in a different language, so I you might have trouble communicating with him. So who knows? But yeah, I'll stick to the narrative. I'll say Trey Lance, and uh, yeah. I, I know we talked so, about it with, I know we talked about it with Ryan, but uh, I think then this sets this up for a different, the draft is set up for their path now. Like I think once the third pick is made, then everything else can fall after that. hundred um, yeah. percent. Going back to, to the landing spots for Trey Lance, like I'm this might, this is not going to like get a good response from you by any means, but I think that the, the most ideal spot for him to learn is behind big Ben in Pittsburgh, just because he has so many weapons there. And Ben is a really good quarterback and a smart quarterback. Lance would be able to develop under him and to learn how to kind of be more of a pocket passer while still having his ability to run, but there's just no way they move up to get him. Yeah. And, um, well, yes, a, and then B what's the point of drafting a quarterback in the first round. If you're giving Ben one more year, like you'd think they develop Lance. Get, that would be the yeah, only reason. But it, yeah. But you'd think then if it's one more year for, uh, his last year, big Ben's last year, like, uh, I, there's no point drafting a quarterback. Like it, you have to go with the fact that you think this is Ben's last year in Pittsburgh and you need to put everything you can on the field around him. True. Um, Plus they have other needs like a line, <laughs> like, a, like a running back that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a line, so, a running back, uh, you know, the needs, um, so, the goods. Uh, what? So, uh, we have the fourth pick. Yes. Okay. I have the Falcons. Um, this is what I would do in their situation, and I, it, it I, I, there have been rumors this morning that apparently Julio Jones is uh, being called on a lot. They're getting a lot of calls from teams about Julio Jones and whether or not he's available. Um. And if that's truly the case, um, knowing, and knowing that as a GM, I I wouldn't trade him, but you're going to have to figure out some kind of contract relief in the near future between him and Matt Ryan. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the best non-quarterback offensive player here, and I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's not really 
flashy or new, but there's no way it's, they can pass on him if they, especially if they trade away Julio Jones. It's so weird because I think overall Pitts is by like, like he's a good level ahead of everyone else in this draft as far as playmaking comes in. And he's literally just going to get drafted in the top five or top six. And he'll just hear his name and then people will start talking about the quarterbacks again. And won't yeah, talk the next about, quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And they won't talk about how much of a steal Kyle Pitts has, is is yeah. as if he's not going one, unless he went one, like it's a steal. I mean, Kyle Pitts is six, four. He's going to be able to, he's going to be, I, he's going to be a mix of uh, who, who said it. Ryan said it. Uh, I, his his worst case scenario is Darren Waller, the second best tight end ended in the league. So, I yeah, I mean uh, who, he's who is the second best? I, who has the second best tight end in the league? Well, there's Kelsey, who's number one, and George Kittle is number two. Uh, I don't count Kelsey as number two or one. You say he's a receiver? Fine. No, I don't say uh, I don't say he's a receiver. I honestly don't think he's that good. Uh, he has Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, and they double cover. Yeah, but he's been doing field. this before Mahomes got there. He was doing that with Alex Smith. Not nearly the numbers, but he was still getting production. Still a solid receiving option. Georgia Greg Kittle is by far away, in a way, the best tight end in the league. In yeah, 20, I, or, and and I, I can't even believe I almost said that. Uh, Kelsey is Tony Gonzalez, where is the fact that he plays in a pass heavy offense? So, uh, doesn't I mean, do a lot of blocking. I mean, people, people come out, athletes come out of college almost every year with the skill set that Travis Kelsey has. They just think, don't get put on teams where they get single covered by a, a middle linebacker just because all the other DBs are covering all the other receivers. I don't think Travis Kelsey's that good. He'll make the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's that good. And I kind of just don't like him. He's kind of cocky and arrogant, and he's only started to become good when Patrick Mahomes was there. So if Patrick Mahomes isn't there, uh, Tony – you or not Tony, but, God, I keep saying Tony Gonzalez. Travis, you would not have a career um, if uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't come. Um, and he's from Cleveland, and he doesn't want Cleveland. He hates on Cleveland. So I'm done with you, Travis Kelsey. Is he really from um, Cleveland? Yeah, he went to Cleveland Heights. Huh. Yeah, and he went to Cincinnati for college. I knew he went to Cincinnati. I didn't I wasn't sure he was from Cleveland. Or I I didn't right. know he was, I should say. Move All on. Right, you got so, the five pick. Um, this is even for me, this is tough. Um because I I it's too good of an opportunity to pass up. I, I think they have. I think they have to go with Chase. Really? I. I mean, their line isn't horrible, and you can at least count on uh, 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 Jonah Williams, Williams will take care. Will take care of one of the better tackle spots, but. I, 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 that's, that's just a gut reaction. Uh, maybe if 24 hours now we are in the same position, I just got reaction to Penesul, but I think they're, I think both moves are going to be great for them. Um, 
I just think Jamar Chase, a receiver like him, doesn't come around every year. Um, and I know people will say, oh, it's such a deep receiver class. Jamar Chase is head and shoulders above the rest of the receivers in this class. That's very uh, true. I mean, the next closest is Jalen Waddell, um, who's still probably like a notch or two below him. And then the next closest after that to me is like Devonta Smith, who the more and more like I keep thinking and looking about Devonta Smith, like he is becoming more and more of like a fringe first round prospect for me. Yeah. I I have not been a big fan of Smith at all. I just – there is no way – like, he went to Alabama, and he was in the program for four years. So – and college programs know how to beef guys up. And the fact that he didn't beef up at Alabama, who should – I mean, have the best coaches, have the best uh, facilities and everything. So I'm sure they tried to beef him up. He's not going to last a full 16-game season next year. He's a twig. Yeah, he, he is what like Tyreek Hill and Henry Ruggs were coming out in my eyes. Like I, I knew not- for sure there was no way Henry Ruggs was playing a full 16, much less even like I didn't even think he was going to break 10 games. Uh, Devonta Smith, uh, he had an incredible year. Um, and he was great in college. And I know that people like – want to kind of like uh, relate that to the NFL, like, oh, hooking him back up with Tua, playing wide receiver and playing quarter, playing any of the offensive positions basically on last year's um, Alabama team that if you're not a lineman, you should have had an incredible year individually. I mean, that offensive line and everything there was so good. And Devonta Smith just isn't as fast as the guys you mentioned, like Tyreek Hill and those guys. He's fast but he's not elite game changing feed spat speed fast. Like mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> honestly, like if he fell to the Browns at 26 and like Terrace Marshall was still on the board, I would take Terrace Marshall. Like, I just don't think he's going to last. I hope I'm wrong, but um, yeah, no, so I, I, I just, I'm not a fan either. That's, that's all I really so, need to say. You've said everything. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll take chase and, like I said, on another day, same time, I might pick Sewell. And I just think in as good of a draft as the receivers are this year, uh, Chase is still head and shoulders above. And he sat out a year and came back and tested off the charts. So Off the I charts, like, uh, head and shoulders above everyone else who played most of the season. Yeah. yeah might so. add. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean – that's what's weird about this year. You can look at the, a lot of those guys that opted out as long as nearly every single one of them came back and tested super well. So it's almost like, um, like when you talk about running back, like, uh, like, uh, not Monty ball, who is, uh, the dude who plays for the Colts now, uh, Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, like, Oh, he only has so much tread on the tires because he ran so much. Jamar chase just took a full year off. Like, He's still yeah. a sophomore in college, basically. So you're going to get an extra I think that argument is more for running backs, though. That would be my only thing there. Oh, but I, I understand what you're saying. And, and having a year to, like, focus on technique and making you making yourself faster without getting hit is a huge, huge deal. Not only was there no, like, wear on the tires, but he spent the time productively trying to improve himself and his game, which I think is what put him heads and shoulders above everyone else. 
Yeah, and I, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah, and uh, he was on one of the podcasts I listened to. And I didn't even uh, like uh, um, like really think about this, but it's true. If you look at the guys that opted out, and like I said, all of them came back and tested well, that's almost like a feather in those guys' cap for maturity. Like they had no coaches around them telling them to get up. Like Yeah, they just granted, had trainers and, and yeah, themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and granted, I'm sure they could have had help if they needed that stuff. But for them to come back and, te- and test that well, like Jamar Chase to come back and test well after taking basically a full year off. I mean, I, if I if I'm if I'm someone if I'm Jamar Chase and I'm talking to a team about drafting me, I was like, I would definitely bring up the fact that for like 365 days, I was not part of a program and that I had to basically work for my future. So, yeah, I think it's feather in the cap for those guys. And with that being said, I will move on to Miami. And I think Miami is in the best position in this draft in the entire draft. Because if the Bengals take Sewell, they get Jamar Chase. And in this instance, if the Bengals take Jamar Chase, they get Sewell. So that's where I'm going to go with right here. I mean, like they, they have Tua. They need a guy to cover Tua a little bit. I know they took – I think it was – who was the guy from USC that they took last year with like 19? Austin Jackson. They took Austin Jackson. He didn't have a horrible year. He didn't have a great year. They need to kill, keep building up on that line and, and keep the team young. So taking and getting a guy like Sewell here at six is just an absolute steal. Yeah. Uh, the way Miami's built the past couple, it's been, it's been good. It's been fun um, to watch him build too. Yeah. And uh, like I guess, uh, uh, what's that coach? It's uh, Dan. Uh, what's his name? Brian Flores. Flores. Yeah, well, I don't know why I was going to think. He's done a good job. Um, mm-hmm. The only, and this is, hopefully good for Miami. The only question mark I have is really Tua. I, yep. I, I think this is a make or break. I wouldn't say, I guess, make or break career, but as a, for the future of the Dolphins, this is going to be a make or break year for him. Um, yeah, I agree. If he doesn't turn it up, especially now that he doesn't have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in for relief, um, yeah. it, it's all on him. If he doesn't step up, they got to figure it out because they have a really good team and they're wasting the talent of a lot of guys. And uh, even if you are um, like a, a, a expert or a pundit that is high on Devonta Smith, like we aren't, I still think pairing him up with Tua would be a terrible idea. We, we mm-hmm. saw what happened when Tua last year was looking for receivers to get like uh, Alabama wide open. Um, and if he wait, I mean, Devonta Smith is not going to be able to run through and uh, have – 1800 receiving yards in the NFL. So, uh, hope put matching him with Tua would be like it would be like giving me for breakfast, lunch and dinner just candy all the time or something like that. Just knowing it's going to fail because it's failed in the past like yeah, it's counterintuitive. Yeah, the, 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 Devonta Smith is not going to get wide open and Tua's going to look for him to be wide wide open. So, um yeah. So, and all right, with, and then with that, you're up to seven. But we have a little trade that we're going to announce here. So we're going to hit this proposed trade button. We're going to have the Patriots move up, and they're trading with where's the Lions? So the trade that Justin and I came up with before the show is that New England would send 15 and the 122, along with next year's first for the seven pick. Is that right, Justin? Did I get that? 
Yep. Uh, there was All another right. offer on the table, I believe, that involved another pick. Um, but it was a later round pick, and we just decided to go with this. So, um, yes. Uh, um, I think uh, – so getting Wait, getting up what? to seven. What? said the trade was declined. Tom, you said this all worked. It uh, it should work. All right, let's try it from the reverse end. And that was the trade. What? All right, well, there's that. Uh, just pretend that the Patriots are here. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Wait, is it a good – we might as well just take the screen off then. Because it's, it's fun. I'll, I'll scroll past him. I'll try it one more time, and if it doesn't work. All right. Um, so moving up to seven is big in the fact that they get in front of Carolina, who I've heard, even though they, they did get Sam Donald, aren't, I would not consider them out of the market for a quarterback. Um, I mean, Sam Donald could be a good bridge quarterback. Um, but uh, either way, them getting in front of them is big. And uh, so we have Mac Jones left on the board and uh, Justin Fields. Um, I have a feeling the Patriots are smart and are smart like the rest of the other 31 teams in the NFL not named the San Francisco 49ers that really like Mac Jones. And I honestly think Justin Fields in New England is a perfect fit. Um, he, if you watch Justin Fields, he, he, he can run. It, uh, he's very good at running. But even though he does that, he is uh, committed to staying in the pocket and looking downfield. Um, and while he did have a lot of his wide receivers get like wide, wide open, kind of like Alabama did, in the games that were close and like when they played Clemson, uh, a couple of those deep balls that he threw were just really, really good throws. Like they weren't super wide open. I know the one in the first quarter with two Garrett Wilson was uh, uh, it was a deep pass that, that uh, he wasn't wide open. He had to die for it. And then uh, some uh, three of the touchdowns that they scored uh, fields was perfect. So um, I think fields is a good pick. And I, I, I would think that new England would, uh, I would think that new England would probably start with Cam Newton, but I, it would not surprise me, even though I would like it. If, if the perfect case scenario, if you're uh, uh, the Patriots, is you get another top 10 pick next year while uh, by, while Justin Fields have sat a year, so um, you guys are ready to go in the, the next year. But it also wouldn't surprise me if uh, they're like in – they're like four and three in week seven or week eight, and they're like, hey, we think this could really give us a change uh, and make get us back to the playoffs. It wouldn't surprise me if they put Fields in. But – like I said, this is um, – yeah, I, they, I just don't think they like Mac Jones enough. Uh, I really hope Bill Belichick is smarter than that. So, <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, I just made it so that the trade went through no matter what. So there you go. We fixed it. Okay. <laughs> I, I think yeah, I said – all... the, 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 the other trade we were going to do uh, was them moving up to the eighth spot. So it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, it was close enough. I, I just did what I had to do for the visual. So I think I, I'm pretty sure I sent all of their picks for uh, the seventh pick. So, yay. <laughs> um, so then looking at number eight with Carolina, I think it's really hard to determine what they're going to do here with the guys that are left on the board 
because I can see them going and getting another receiver to replace um, Curtis Samuel, who left for Washington, so that they would have a receiving core of Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Jalen Waddell for Sam Darnold to f- actually have some weapons. But uh, I've been seeing a lot that Sewell has fallen fallen to them, and they've taken him. So I'm going to go with my original pick from uh, the first mock that we did. I really like Rashawn Slater. Uh, he's a really versatile lineman, can play a lot of the different positions on the line, uh, strong, fast, quick on his feet, makes the right moves. Um, there's a couple of things that he could work on, but nothing that is too out of the ordinary for a guy coming out of college, and I think Matt Rule will do a really good job for him, um, and he can protect whoever the Carolina quarterback may be for the next 10 years. I like that pick, so i got a question for you. Yes, sir. You think there's any chance Slater ends up going before Sewell somehow? No, because there is still this allure almost that Sewell could play left tackle, which is a lot more valuable. Whereas uh, Slater, while I I personally think he would be able to do it, um, he's being slotted as more of a right tackle or a guy you can put in for uh, one of the guard spots. Um, but I, I don't know if he can play left tackle for like what people are saying. I think he can, but um, I, I really like him. I like everything about his game. So I don't in that in your question. No, I would not say he would go before Sewell um, unless a team thought like I did. No, I, I, I agree. I Sewell should uh, Sewell should go two or three, four picks ahead of Slater, at least in my opinion. Um. But I was just thinking about it because uh, I told you I was doing a live stream for the draft. Uh, we're going to bring up a lot of the betting props. Um, and one of them is what are the chances that – is there any chance that Slater gets it right. picked over Sewell? So just wondering, you know, make it make it a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. I got you. All right. Who's, in, who's at nine? Uh, the Broncos. We got Denver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With all the so, quarterbacks off the board. I yeah. I, and the receivers are good. Um, Pitts is gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This. Hold on. Denver. Um, I think, in, in my opinion, I think there's really two guys that should be going here. Uh, I'm looking. Hold on one sec. Yeah. Um, I I would not be. If you want, I can pull up the team needs here. No, I'm. I I know what the team needs are. I'm. I'm just looking at their depth chart right now. Gotcha. (sighs) They. Um, okay. Okay. All right. I got it. Um, it's a bit of a reach, but I don't think all, so. with, with, with all, going. with all of the quarterbacks off the board, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they're going to take a corner. Because they already have Ronald Darby and um, 
Duke Dawson is okay. He gets it done at least. And their two safeties are, I mean, it's one of the two best safeties. In, uh, they also picked up uh, Fuller, I believe, from the Bears. Yeah, yeah, he's the other corner. Yeah, 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 um, Fuller. So, yeah, um, I, so I don't think they go with corner. Um, Josie Jewell had a good season last year. I know that mm-hmm. uh, Alexander Johnson is getting older, but still um, – I, it's just, I, I think it goes to, it, it's for them, it's for preference. I think it's either between Micah Parsons and Jalen Phillips, um, possibly Quiddy Pay. I don't like Quiddy Pay though. I don't know. I'm just going to go Micah Parsons to fill in that, yeah. uh, the, the middle linebacker. Uh, like I said, Jewel played well. He'll be as good as Parsons is. He'll find a way to crack the rotation there. So I I I absolutely love Parsons to them. All right. Yeah. I I just, with all the quarterbacks, first of all, I'll be honest with you. I think if this is the scenario, I think Denver is literally trying to trade back any way they can. Even if that means trading back five spots and you only pick up like two picks and they're late, late round picks, I think Denver will do anything to trade back just in not even because they want a certain player or anything, just so the draft can like reset and they can look at it and be like, yeah, okay, they can reevaluate. Yeah. Yeah. So it, other than Parsons though, and what, like I said, we're not trading it. I, I you got to go with Parsons. Um, like I said, I think it's a little too early for Phillips. I think it's also a little too early for Quiddy pay. Um, which is super weird about this draft. This is the first draft in I, forever, right? That there hasn't been like a dominant edge rusher come out. So, yeah, well, there's never been a clear number one, or, or in this draft class at least, there hasn't been like a clear cut number one. Like there, there's oh, like, like a number of guys like, that could be grouped yeah. as number one edge rusher, but there's no clear cut like the Jadavian Clowney or the. Yeah, JJ Watt, or I guess he didn't even go that early. I don't, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you can go ahead and pick 10, and then I got to bring some. Right. Down. Sure. Uh, so Dallas, this is probably going to be the most uh, uninspiring pick because it's, it's literally the most mocked pick um, ever <laughs> for this draft class. Uh, Patrick Sertain, I mean, they, they just need secondary and they need help on defense in, in general. And pairing him in, uh, I think it's Trayvon Diggs, right? Trayvon yep. Diggs is the the corner that they drafted last year in the second round, who I really like as well. Pairing them two together is going to create a really solid uh, cornerback duo. Yeah, at least it has the potential to be a solid duo. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think honestly, other than Pitts, maybe, and maybe maybe Sewell, I think Sertain is uh, definitely probably a top three guy in this draft. That's almost a sure thing. Like, you know, pretty much exactly what you're getting with certain. Yeah. He, he has a very um, clear image of what he is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, that, that is the most mocked um, that is, I mean, so yes, that's, that's the, that's the pick I think. Um, but uh, I haven't looked at it cause I haven't looked at Bovada's line, but um so if this happens, if this goes the way we 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 predict it will, and it's not out of the question that it does, I mean, this has to be the first time that a defensive lineman 
hasn't gone in the top 10 in a really long time. Yeah. 10, 10 years at least. Uh, Cause then you got to also just include like the outside linebackers and the edge rushers. Uh, yeah. It's gotta yeah. be. Close. I mean, Parsons would be the only guy, but he's really a middle linebacker. I've seen uh, some, I've done some reading. People might want to try and move him around. I think his skill set is pretty set. It's a good skill set, but I think it's pretty set. I don't think he's ever going to be, um, you know, a Brian Erlacher in coverage who could run a Tampa two by himself. So, yeah. Uh, so, and then, uh, so with the 11th pick, who has the 11th pick? The New York Giants, sir. Giants. Oh, that, yeah, that's why. Cause Ryan, I was thinking, uh, cause Ryan took Parsons for. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Ryan Parsons. Oh God, this isn't easy for the Giants either. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to sit here. I'm trying to like. Okay. Well, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. Let me um, give me a sec. I'm uh Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up these team needs again, just because I yeah, like. This just pull up all of them. Just pull up all of them if you can. Uh, I, I can only do it like I can't pick and do it. Oh, I can leave it up. So yes, yeah, so you're doing it inside PFN. Okay, yeah, I got yes. you. That's why um, it's on the screen. This is another one where if I'm the Giants, I'm desperately trying to trade back. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like there is literally no reason for them to pick here. And that sucks that Slater's off the board for them. Yeah, that that was the guy in my uh, mock that I posted on the site. That I love Slater to the Giants, but because I like Slater so much, I think that the the Panthers are going to just bounce on him as or, or pounce on him as soon as they can. Is it is it just me, or is this like the first draft in a while that literally every prospect stock is just going up? Like there's yeah. like only two, there's only like two or three guys that have or seen their draft stock fall in like the past two weeks. Every, like Slater started out as like a mid twenties, like uh, late teens, and now he's in the top ten. Like I've been on Slater for for a minute though. I've liked oh, him. Oh, I, I believe you. You don't, you don't have to prove it to me, Tom. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> it's just I I can't think of a prospect other than Rousseau from Miami. That, who's just plummeted. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Like, you know who else? It was Basham. Carlos Basham. Carlos Basham. Okay. But he was never like a projected first. He yes, was like, Oh, no, a guy I that could, he, he was a guy. Yeah, I was I like, Oh, a second. Now he's like, Oh, maybe a third. Who knows? I'm still really high on him. If I have a late second round pick, I would take him. I agree. And, I, and love I said it, I said it in uh, one of my articles earlier. Uh, Cause obviously there's no combine this year. And like, I was talking about which players are going to get hurt. Basham gets crushed with no combine because I guarantee you Basham goes into that and just oh, destroys was, everything. So 100%. That guy is just a physical beast. Like he's crazy good, dude. It's it's insane. But anyway, back to the Giants. So hey, they, uh, all right, all right, all right. Ready? Um, put in, uh, see if this trade works for me. Sure. Uh, Brown send 26. <laughs> next, 26. Brown. 26. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. 26, 89, and next year's first. Just for 11? Yes. All right. 
Here you go. We got, got another go. trade. All right. Browns uh, move then, up to 11. Uh, then the Browns draft J.C. Horn. There we go. That's how it's done, See, sir. guys, that's what you call – that's what you do, thinking on your feet. We got a, uh, we got a draft day trade on <laughs> on the on um, the show. <laughs> I had no idea. I, Good to thinking. Be honest, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if I'm willing to give up um, that next year's first-round pick, but the more and more I've gone over how this draft is going to play out, the more and more I want to trade up. Um, it's going to be very hard, which is also very weird as a Browns fan. It's going to be very hard for them to disappoint me this draft. Um, but they definitely can. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I would be – and I don't necessarily know if they would give away their next year's first because I don't know how high they have Horn graded. Uh, Horn, for me, is probably the best corner – has the highest ceiling since Jair Alexander came out to me. Um, like I said, certain, you know what you're getting, but with horn, it's a little different. He's got to improve his ball, ball skills. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I think that's, that adds some flavor to our draft and it's not a terrible trade. So yeah, I, uh, I, I, if I'm the giants GM, I would take that. So especially to trade back and potentially get the edge guy that they really need hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, all right. Browns take uh, J.C. Horn. All right, who's 12? Uh, I got the Philadelphia Eagles, and I was really yeah. hoping that you okay. would have the Giants take Waddle so that I could give them Devonta Smith, but I don't think there's a, a chance that they pass up on a wide out here, and you got to take uh, the guy that's top of the board, top of everyone's board with Jalen Waddle, and I hate to see uh, Eagle uniform. Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, I didn't even think about that. I was not even thinking about receivers. See, that's how far and ahead of uh, head and shoulders above the rest I think Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase are. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely forgot about Waddle. Waddle's going to be a steal. If he, steal. If he drop, Yeah, if, if Waddle, especially if he drops out of the top eight, he's a steal. Well, I mean, that, and that's what really sucks about me having to put him with Philadelphia. Philadelphia takes the steal that they got and just – boom, evaporates it because he's just not going to succeed with the Eagles. I've made my case very, very – a couple of times, I think, on here where I feel like the Eagles compete with the Texans for the worst scenario and worst situation in all of football. They they have yeah, a new head they're... coach, a new GM. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. No money, an old O-line, an old and untalented defense where they got picked for from their defensive talent in the offseason – they just have nothing going for them. Yeah, so. I, uh, I, I, I'm not as much of like they're in a disaster thing like you are. Probably because I don't. I'm not as closely associated with them. I, I, I don't know. I, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think the Browns also trading up to 11 to take J.C. Horn also kind of crushes the Eagles as well because I think they would go with J.C. Horn before. Well, I had else. him go with it on the mock with Ryan. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know how I feel about it, but like they definitely would. They need they need secondary and they need receivers mainly. If you had to pick two things. Yeah, but I mean them getting waddles huge for them. I agree. That's that's well uh, and I, I, will, I, I will say through our first 12 picks in this draft, I think somehow we got that wrong because I, I don't know how Waddle falls out of the top ten. 
I mean, I was considering him, like I said, for the Panthers, but I feel like them protecting him might be a little more uh, important. I would have had him fall to – I just don't know where you would put him on this, especially with, with uh, New England trading up because I think that the Lions yeah. are, are the team that was slated to take him, and that's why he's fallen thus far. Yeah, I, was gonna say, uh, I think he goes at 11 – to the Giants if they stay where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also see him going – I could see him going eight or nine as well. Um, Slater and Parsons who we picked, I could see – except Denver has no real need for Waddle. Nope. That's – yeah, they have four or five know, yeah. receivers who are serviceable. So, Yeah, that's weird. Okay, what's 13? With that, I have the Chargers at 13. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that I, you look at the first two offensive linemen in Sewell and Slater, you, you kind of know what you're getting with both. And they both have a lot of room to go. I really like Christian Derisaw if he's coached up the right way. He has a very, not a very, but he has a low ish, uh, floor, but a ceiling that is in line with the other two. So, and and we saw what happened to Joe Burrow last season, not having a line. I think the chargers are going to look at that and say, we don't want that to happen to Herbert, even though he's a little bit bigger than Joe Burrow. So I'm going to go with Derisaw here and, and have them beef up the O-line even more than they already have in the off season in signing uh, Corey Lindsley. And there's another guy that I always forget. Uh, 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 Tooney. Yeah, uh, no, no, he, he went, went to the yeah, Chiefs. He went to the Chiefs, yeah. They got uh, someone else. So that's where I'm going. I'm going to have him beef up the line a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I they'll think, address I think, receiver needs later on in the draft. And with the Chargers, I think they're still young enough where I don't necessarily think their championship window open is quite yet. I would say maybe a year from now it would be. But they can use they, – they have the luxury, I think, of – taking Darisaw and plugging and playing him, maybe at right tackle or left tackle, wherever one. Mm-hmm. And they they can survive with some of his struggles like as long as he gets better from them. When well, he's um, a big dude. So, like, yeah. he's going to be able to just kind of, like, sit sometimes. Which yeah, is as, really long as, he's, as, long, as long as he's, like, not, like, uh, like just, like, doesn't like football, like uh, the kid from Georgia last year, you got to, <laughs> like, like – is a six foot five guy like you should be able to block you should be mediocre at worst so right uh all right who's 14 with that we, no we have our trade our second uh pre-worked trade of the night we're gonna have the uh oh, oh i almost said oakland las vegas raiders move up with uh move up with the help of the vikings uh, the trade we came up with was 17 and 79 for 14. I don't know if that's going to go through on this. Yeah. Uh, just, give them, just give them all your picks. Just yeah, give them just, away. Um, so I'll have Vegas. Uh, wait, no, that's not it. I got to tell you, I've been playing 2K a ton, but now as the draft draws closer, I just want to start playing Madden again. And I'm gonna get angry at it because it doesn't have the new rookies yet, and it'll just make me mad. You can download rosters that have the the rookies. Yeah, but it's not the same, and you know it. That's true. 
Um, whatever, whatever the trade's going to be, we're just going to overload it. So there we go. Yeah. So the trade that we came up with was uh, 17 and 79 to move up to 14. And the reason that this trade kind of makes sense is that um, the the Vikings only have one pick in the first 75 picks. I don't know if you if you noticed that, but they only have one pick in the top 75 picks. So trading back and accumulating some extra draft capital um, would just be beneficial. So even if they if the trade ends up being like 17, uh, 79, and 80, because the Raiders have 79 and 80, um, that that would just help the Vikings out a lot. So with that, Justin, you are on the clock with the Raiders. So they just traded away. No, they, they didn't just trade. This sort of messes up. Actually, I'm just realizing now we, we had talked about them trading up to get JC Horn. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh I can still make their pick. Yeah. Um I mean you could still go corner. The the real reason for them trading up is to honestly hop the other two teams that were in front of them with uh the Lions and the Cardinals, because both of them have a need at corner. And I could see him going, and the Raiders needed a lot more than the other two. Yeah. Um. So the third corner on my board would be uh, they can they they'll take Greg. Yeah, I guess if you're just going by it, right? Third, uh, Greg Newsom. Wait, who is this? This is the Raiders, right? Yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, they don't have the patience to wait for Farley to be injured. Definitely not. So 100% yeah, they'll not. go. They'll go with Newsom, um, and that kind of sticks with ours. The only other one I could see them doing here, um, but if they were going to do this, they would probably just stay at 17. They do need a left tackle. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is on the board. It's a little bit of a reach, mm-hmm. but that's the other one I could think about at 14. And I think at 17, if they stay at 17, they probably take him, or they take Newsom, whoever's on the board. But or just being the Raiders, they could take a, a guy that's been linked with the Raiders forever and take Aziz Ojolari because they need an edge too. No, I'll stick with Newsom. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying if they stayed at 17, that's a guy that I could see them having yeah. and taking. So with that, we are going to get up to the Lions, who obviously traded down with New England. Um Waddle's been another guy that's been uh, almost unanimously linked with the Lions, and the fact that they can get arguably, I'm going to throw out there arguably, uh, the wide receiver three uh, at seven picks later, uh, I don't think that they're going to pass up on Devonta Smith, which good luck with that. <laughs> good yeah, luck with both, that. <laughs> we, we, we both have our qualms with uh, Devonta Smith, but – Someone is going to take him. So uh, the Lions are yeah. the exact team to kind of to take a guy like that, and pairing him with Jared Goff is going to be so much fun to watch because I don't it, like either of them. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, I mean, the Lions every year in the draft should be looking to draft the next Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. literally, because they got robbed of ten or. They didn't get robbed of it because Calvin Johnson was right to retire because the Lions never helped him out. They never helped him or Stafford. It's incredible to think if you think about Calvin Johnson, I think Calvin Johnson would have would have gone down gone down as by far the best receiver in the history of the NFL. Yeah, if he if yeah, he was he on was, any other team. He was insane. I mean, 
in like today's game, he's like a super rich man's version of DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like DK Metcalf and Julio Jones blended into one being. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts. All right, who's got <laughs> So you let's have just, let's you, think of all. Oh yeah, he's got a little bit of Jalen Waddle. He catches the ball like Elijah Moore. He's got right. D Hop's hands. <laughs> um, who's at sixteen? You have the Cardinals at sixteen. Uh, I. Oh. Cardinals at 16. Cardinals at 16. Okay. I'm going to go with one a little bit out of the left field. I think so, I know what it is, and I agree. Uh, we originally thought the Cardinals I, – I think if Newsom or Horn, obviously Horn. Sertain probably won't be there. If any of those three on the board, I think people will think they're going to take them because yeah. they need to replace Patrick Peterson. Um but this also happens to them, which is, uh, I think, uh, this makes their offense a lot more dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Najee Harris seems like a perfect spot for them. I agree. Uh, him yeah. him, and Edmonds will make a solid backfield, man. And it really seems- hurts to see that happen because I was hoping Najee would slip to the Jets just to get him and Coleman. But like, that's just such a good duo. And around Kyler and D-Hop, I mean, that would just yeah. be killer, killer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As soon as I thought of that, I was like, yep, there's no point. I was like, do they want to reach for Farley? And then I was like, no, I mean, we've talked about this. And unfortunately I've said, we've said it multiple times, Kyler Murray's life in the NFL is not super long. So adding an instant impact running back who could be kind of like your poor man's uh, Derrick Henry this year, and then basically probably be a, somewhat of a Derrick Henry next year. Like that, I mean, that offense, I mean, I can't imagine if they, if they could figure out how to run the read option with those two, it would dominate the NFL. It would be crazy. And I think it would fit uh, Murray's play style really well too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and Najee Harris is a lot better pass catcher than people get. Yeah, dude. That's why he's just such a complete back. And it kind of shocks me that like, I understand that there's no value in the running back position anymore in the draft, and you can always find a good one in days two and three. But this is just a guy that is, again, we've said heads and shoulders above the rest of the field. That It's just crazy to see that he's slipping to the second half of the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess I, I would, I think there's two kinds of GMs in the draft. Uh, you're either a f- guy who literally just always thinks that there's never a first round worthy running back, or you're a guy that says, yeah, he's, uh, if we can get four or five good years out of him, even great years, it's absolutely worth a top uh, first round pick then. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of those guys are the guys who pick in the second, in the, in the bottom half of the first round because they're winning because yeah. <laughs> they use those picks on guys like that. Like, do, do, do people out there really think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was like this superstar coming out of LSU? No, he went to the Chiefs, where literally it was like, the, I don't know how to the role that they asked him to, and he yeah, looked I, good doing it. I mean, yeah. All right, who's 17? We got to get so, going. Come on. Yep. Uh, yes. So I have the Vikings after they traded down. Um, 
the Vikings have been a team that is known to develop linebackers and edge players. So I'm going to have them go with Aziz Ojolari here. Uh, he's a little bit of a developmental guy and a, and a guy that I don't personally love that much, but I think that he does have the potential to be very good. And a team like the Vikings is known for kind of bringing that potential out of defensive ends and, and edge players like that. So if there was a team that could do that and then can make him into a good player, I would think it's the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a little surprised you passed an AVT, but I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I, I got, I'm not huge, high on Ojolari. Um, Neither am I. Whatever. He made the pick. So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right. I don't know uh, what else to say about it. 18, you have the Dolphins, which, by the way, we already have them taking Sewell in this first round. So, yeah. you are now up with their second pick at 18. Sewell. Yes, so they got Sewell. Mm -hmm. We're either going to get Chase. So I think still at 18. It depends on who's the, the, uh, I think, who the receiver on your board is. Who's the next highest? Um, here, I'll just go over to here. Uh, I not not. I'll just do my board. Um, I'm just putting it up. <laughs> uh, I, um, Rashad Bateman. I'll have them taking Rashad Bateman. Um, Oof. that's a little early for me. Um, a little early, I think, for everyone. I don't think so. Not Ryan. Ask Ryan. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Rashad Bateman has, if you just look at him, he's your prototypical. Um, I mean, Ryan said it the best on when he was with it. He's Anquan Bolden. He's a possession receiver that's, uh, uh, you know, just going to catch passes. And if anything – like Tua Tagovailoa needs, like he has the born skill, he has the worth ethic. Yeah, but he he just needs somewhere. He just needs like, I feel like in Alabama, all or even like the big schools, they all have like a security blanket receiver. Like I like for Ohio State for Justin Fields, it was always like Chris Olave or one of the tight ends. Yeah, they need a guy that's gonna go out of their way and be physical to go up and get the ball, so that's yeah. not thrown for an interception. Honestly, this was just the first receiver I thought of. Uh, not the first receiver I thought of, because obviously it's early for a receiver. I think I, the best uh, receiver I had, would have next on my board is Kadarius Tony, And I think I usually have him going 20 to the Bears, and I think that's too early. I just – if if you're 18 and you're the Dolphins, I try and trade back again. Um, I, I, but other than that, yeah, I, but Bateman makes sense. He's – He's not a type of guy that's going to get wide open like uh, Devonta Smith is or uh, Jalen mm-hmm. Wild is, but he's got strong hands. You know what you're getting when you draft Rashad Bateman. So right. um, I don't know what what, what other uh, like who, who who else would you think would go there? I thought that you were going to go with Owusu uh, Koromoa. Uh, I they he's a guy that I think Flores would love to have on that defense. 
uh, kind of a chess piece guy, along with all of the other chess pieces that he's collected over the past couple of years through the draft. I, I think that would be my pick there, but I definitely agree. They do need a receiver and getting a guy like Bateman to be that security blanket and be the guy that's going to save Tua from throwing interceptions is very important for his development. Yeah. And I guess even if I think about it, Bateman probably of the receivers on the board, Bateman probably makes the most sense other than Rondell Moore. Um, because I think they would use Rondell Moore in a type of way that he should be used. I think he should, he should not be labeled as a wide receiver coming out. He should, it should go back to the recruiting. He should be labeled as an athlete. That means he's going right. to return punts. He's going to return kicks. He, if you want to run the wildcat with him, yep. yeah, run the wildcat with him. You put him in running back. Yes. I think it's too early for him, and I don't know how much the Dolphins think that like Tua can adjust to that type of a playmaker. And I think Tony Kadair's Tony is kind of like a playmaker like that. But so I think just getting him a strong set of hands that's gonna consistently catch you, uh, you know, fifty balls a year for like eight hundred yards and five touchdowns. I, I could see Bateman being that guy. I agree. I'm gonna move us along here. Go over to Washington at 19. I think there's only one pick that really makes sense here. Um, we're going to end Mac Jones' slide down the mountain. Um, he gets some time to learn behind Fitzpatrick. Doesn't have to be rushed into it at all. Um, is provided an actually decent, I would say, receiving core uh, between Terry McLaurin, um, who is the guy I said before, uh, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Logan Thomas is there at tight end. Uh, he's got... Antonio Gibson at running back with McKissick also as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, and like I said, the biggest thing for him is that he gets some time to learn under Fitzpatrick. Um, and I know he got upset when they took Tua and they put Tua in. Uh, I remember he was saying that he felt like this was his team and it, he didn't think it was fair. Um, same, same kind of thing's going to be here. Everyone's labeled Fitzpatrick as that bridge quarterback and the guy that never really has the team under his belt. So I just – I don't know. I, I think if Jones doesn't go three, like like Ryan said, the, the rest of his draft is going to be shaping out to sliding down the mountain like this to 19. And I don't really – if they don't decide to take him, I don't know where the next time he's going to go is. New Orleans. I, that's the only one I can think of. Uh, I mean, New, New Orleans, Orleans, Pittsburgh maybe uh, over here at 24. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yes, but that would also Tampa. be a thing that, yes, Pittsburgh, but also, like I said, pit, that would piss Big Ben off. If they drafted him in the first round, it would piss Big Ben off. I guarantee it. Uh, we're going to kind of we're gonna kind of go through speed a speed round. Bit. Yeah, speed round a little bit because uh, I know you have to do something. Um, so at 20 uh, with the Bears, right? Yep, you have the Bears. I, I would say Kadarius Tony. he's who I've had mostly there, uh, but that didn't include uh, Tevin Jenkins still being on the board. Um, I think they go with the offensive tackle. I don't know. I don't know who their quarter. I mean, Andy Dalton's going to be their quarterback. You have absolutely no idea what you can get out of him. So throwing a, a rookie first round wide receiver into an offense that no one really knows what it's going to be is even if that receiver has a great first year, it's going to hurt his confidence because he doesn't know um, 
like what he's running. And I think the bears end up probably changing coaches at the end of next year. So right. you don't want to draft a quarterback. You really don't want to draft a, uh, like a guy who, who his play is defined by um, like the sheen he's in because it's going to change seams. So basically you take the offensive, the best offensive tackle left on the board and say, Hey, go out there and block for a year. If we're good, you'll stay on. If not, we know we tried it. Because uh, like I said, I think next year is going to be a complete rebuild. The Bears will start rebuilding next, at the end of next year. Right. So it, it while I would not be surprised if they don't take Seven Jenkins, because obviously I hope the Bears don't think about themselves in that way. But um, yeah, to me, I, that's the only thing yeah, That's the only thing that makes sense. Because I – yeah, yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. I agree uh, with what you were saying. I would have gone AVT here because I feel like he would open up some holes for Montgomery in the zone run, um, which is where Montgomery excelled that second half of the season once Laser took over. Uh, but yeah, getting alignment I think would be more beneficial for the team, both long-term and short-term. Um, at 21 for the Colts, uh, they don't really need a whole lot. And it's very difficult, I feel like, to draft for them in this position here. I'm going to have them go with the guy that I think they'll use the most long-term and it might be a little bit of a reach due to his injury history, but I'm going to have them jump the gun and take Farley uh, corner. Like, like we've talked about multiple times when we talk about the Colts corners, like the one position that they don't have covered for the next three or four years. So getting a guy to potentially slot in for Xavier Rhodes once he's healthy uh, would be very beneficial for them. Yeah. I mean, Oh, I do think Farley will make it to this one, and literally, I th- I think he'll make it to twenty one, and literally twenty one through thirty two, I can see him going. So yeah, uh, yeah, I like that pick. Um, and you just gotta hope that his injury status gets better. Yeah. All right, it was twenty two. You have the Titans. Um, the Titans were, were ranked 29th in pass defense last year. They were so goddamn bad. Right. Um, uh, I'm to think. uh, personally, the best corner I have left on my board would probably be Asante Samuel. No, not Asante Samuel Jr. Um, Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Sure. Because the big three are gone along with Newsom. So I'll, I I just don't – I don't know where else they go with 22, so I'm going to take Stokes. All right. We will go with Stokes there. Then for the second pick with the Jets, uh, they already got Zach Wilson here. Um, uh, if you pick the one player I think you're going to pick, we're just moving on right away. I – I ran into this issue last time when we did the the draft with Ryan. I really would take Travis Etienne here, but there's no way that they can pass up on Jeremiah Usu Koromoa because the you know Salah's a defensive guy. He's going to find a way to utilize him and, and be the chess piece that he kind of is. So I really would take Etienne here, uh, but just just because I think that he's the exact type of guy that Lafleur would like to have at running back. Um, but there, there's just no way that I can pass on Koromoa if he's on the board. You're, 
you, people shouldn't even start thinking about Travis Etienne until we hit the 40s. All right, here's 24. Uh, you've got the Steelers. They need a running back. Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, give him a uh, dumbass's face. Give him uh, Etienne. Uh, I, I'm being serious. We talked about how so I think some running backs are worth picks. I just I, I'm completely opposite of you. I he wasn't even good this past year. Yeah, I I understand that he had a bad year, uh, and he he stayed for a senior season, right? This was a senior year. I hope so because I feel like he's been there for five. Yeah, so I. He definitely hurt himself because his, his year last uh, the previous year was much better, and he hurt himself because he wanted to stay back and win another title, I guess, with Lawrence. Um, or yeah, so I, I I just I think that he's better, and he just had an off year, but that's just perspective. So I'm going to move on to Jacksonville with the 25. They obviously just had Lawrence, um, and you know with, with bringing in a new quarterback and the the shape of the line that the Jaguars have right now, it's not okay. And the fact that AVT is still on the board here, I think he's going to be a really solid player that'll be able to kind of get the lineman in shape to uh, protecting Trevor Lawrence long-term. Who'd you pick? AVT. Oh, okay. I thought we already picked him, but we didn't. All right, then 26 is the the Giants Giants now after your trade. Um, they're in prime and, position to get the yeah. one guy. That uh, should get. It, uh, who's the consensus next? Is it pay or um, um, not? Who am I thinking of? Uh, oh, Phillips. Because I think Phillips is better, but if the pundits are going with um, Quitty Pay, then I'll just put Quitty Pay. Quitty Pay is 23 and. I don't know where Phillips is. Phillips is 42 on this list, at least. Then we'll just put pay there, whatever. Well, we could go Phillips if you think he's better. Just go with Quitty Pay. All right, Quitty Pay. Um, then 27 is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it really sucks for them that there was the huge run on receivers earlier because I feel like Bateman would have been an absolute uh, steal for them there. So I'm going to go with the next highest rated wide receiver. Uh, at least I'm on my, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Terrence Marshall or Terrace Marshall. I said it. Terrace Marshall. Yeah. yeah that's, they just need a receiver. Who's not uh Hollywood Brown, <laughs> which, which sucks because I think my next receiver on the board, uh, I like, okay. Yes. It would have been Terrace Marshall for me as well, but it will be funny if they have to end up drafting Rondale Moore. That's very true. Are you are you going with more for the Saints here? Because I love the fit. Yeah, he'll go uh, to the Saints. But I just think it would be hilarious if like everyone's so pumped. Like, like it would be so funny if like it, I don't know, maybe the Browns or something. And like Bateman and uh, 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 Rondell Moore are the only ones left in the first round, and the Browns come on at twenty six and pick Bateman, so they have to go. So both their <laughs> both their starting receivers combined. Small. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and so so what are your just real quick, give me like your gut reaction to Moore versus Tony because that seems to be 
the big battle that's kind of going on here for the short speedy receiver is, is Tony versus more. I personally like more better just because I've seen more of his tape, but a lot of people are saying that Tony uh, will end up being better. So the, the biggest like uh, thing I look at with at least this this year's receiving class, like I don't know if Rondell Moore's body, I mean, he is very small. Like he's mm -hmm. my height. I don't know how much impact he can take, really. And considering he was already an injury-prone person, um, and this may be wrong or right for me as well. When I th when I think about Tony, for whatever reason, I just think he is used to getting hitting get hit, used to getting hit harder in the mm -hmm. SEC. Maybe, I, I, um, like I said, I just don't know if more is going to uh be his body to be able to withstand uh five six seven eight nine ten nfl seasons but he's a perfect fit for the saints and that the fact that sean payton just loves to got draft guys that don't play quarterback that he can somehow find a way to play quarterback so yeah right like he i guarantee you he gets his own wildcat package next year probably he'll be the new Taysom hill since Taysom hill is Focusing on becoming a quarterback or a full-time quarterback or whatever. I, it is. I, I hate him. The the, um, ear, the, the, the experiment in Saint or uh, in um New Orleans this year is going to be interesting. Let's just say that I think. Uh, let's just say that I think we'll know how good Coach Sean Payton is after this year. I agree. Uh, we're gonna finally we're gonna see how well he plays without Drew Brees being there. All right, um, who's twenty-nine? Is you? I have 29 with the Packers. Um, I was going to have them go with a receiver, but I doubt there's going to be three receivers taken in a row. Um, and knowing the Packers, they don't like drafting skill position players. So uh, I'm just going to real quick look. They need corner, tackle, receiver, linebacker, and defensive tackle. Um, I'm going to have them go. Ooh. Eichenberg. Who, who are you going to say? That's who I would pick. I'm just going to have them go defense because they just hate Aaron Rodgers. They, um, yeah, that's fine. But I I just don't know who they would take here because I really don't love Barmore. I don't believe in Jam and Davis that much. I really like Osai, but people just don't like him for some reason. I think um, I, I think you're missing the one guy who kind of actually fits. Zayvon Collins? Yeah, I think yeah. that's who I think I was that's going down the line. line. Yeah. And and not 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 necessarily because he fits, but because uh, at least to me, Collins is way more versatile than the other linebackers in this draft. 100%. Um the the only other linebacker I would say that is as almost as versatile as him is Dylan Moses. And Dylan Mo Moses shouldn't be picked before the third round, I don't think. So I wonder why that is. <laughs> I like. Moses, I think a lot, but I like Moses, Moses too. I, I, I'm just saying. I've most yeah, mock no, no, drafts. Right. I've, I've seen. I've seen him in three or four. So yeah, I um, don't. I don't get it. I really like his play style and and his versatility, like you said. So he's. Um, he doesn't have. I, I would say I, I, he doesn't have the body of a. Yeah. A linebacker. He he almost has more of a safety's body, like. He would be a crazy, awesome experiment to take in and have him try to convert to like uh, uh, Isaiah Simmons or um, uh, Derwin James, kind of like that. 
Yeah. Like, like, like someone's probably going to do with Koromoa, um, but do it with him instead. All right. Who's 30? Are you 30? You have, no, you have Buffalo. What number is it? 30. Oh, okay. Um, Too early. That might not be a bad pick. Um, I was just oh, looking. Yeah. Just so, just so everyone knows, uh, I have no credibility anymore in the FCS world. My national champion pick uh, lost on Saturday, so that's good. Really good. I got a lot of nice. Com- I got a lot of nice comments about it. Um, but back to the back to the draft. Uh, I I was just looking at the running backs that were left. Yeah, they're. I love Javante Williams. I know you do. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of the running backs are worth that. And we both agreed that they made a big mistake not throwing the Brinks truck at Hunter Henry. Uh, I think they could go Fryermuth here. Really? Hmm. I don't hate that. I could get I could get on with that. It, it's uh, it's the point in the it's the point in the draft where I mean they could use another receiver as well, even though they didn't they just sign someone to come along. Uh, Manuel Sanders. Yeah, yeah. So they could use a receiver. Like I, I could see them if Ma- Rondell Moore, I, he would be a good fit there. Um, who who are you thinking running back wise? Javonta Williams. <laughs> I mean, I just he looks and just, feels exactly like Nick Chubb, and I feel like he also can do the pass catching a little bit, kind of like a Derrick Henry type pass catching, where he's not like running routes, but he can kind of be a guy that can receive the dump off pass. Um, I, I think, and especially because the bills throw so much in that offense, I feel like all he would really need to do is run anyway. So I just love the fit there. Um, and the bills are in the position where if you love a guy or you really like a guy, like you need to take him because you're not going to see him, you know, 32 picks later. Yeah. Um, I, I hate to break it to you, but I don't think either of the North Carolina backs running backs are going to be good. Uh, they, they, if, if you look at it um, statistically, like any yeah. duo in college, even if they have crazy numbers, it doesn't mean that they're both good. It usually means that both are just average. So uh, yeah, I'm not very high on, uh, I, I, I am high on one North Carolina player, uh, Chaz Surratt, the yeah. linebacker. Yep, that dude played quarterback up until two years ago, and he got he literally switched over to linebacker from quarterback uh, in 2019, and then the next two years was the first team all the ACC linebacker. It's crazy, crazy. All right, who's 31? Oh, uh, I have Chiefs. the Ravens from the trade with the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the guy that a lot of people have had the Ravens taking at 27. Um, I actually think that I've seen a lot of mocks with these same two guys, but in flip positions, uh, I'm going to have them take Trayvon Mowring. 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 Yeah. Uh, the best safety in the draft. They're a defensive team. They've always been one. So they're the exact. And ever since Eric Weddle left, they've kind of had a hole at their safety spot. So I'm going to have them fill it up. And like I said, a lot of people have them mocked as as these same two players in different positions, but I wanted to see if you were going to have the Saints or the Bills take a safety instead. 
Yeah, I I like Morig. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical on him because I don't like usually like any of the guys that come out of TCU. Gary Patterson is supposed to be known for his defense, and he hasn't played defense in the last five six years. Um, and mo or, and safety seems like a position for whatever reason. Defensive back is a position that seems to be in the past couple of years instead of going in the very end of the first round, they end up going very, very early in the second round. Byron Murphy, uh, two years ago to Arizona, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, the Giants kid, uh, their second round pick this, uh, this past year, Xavier, uh, McKinney. Oh, yeah, 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 McKinney. So, um, I, if, if you think he's the right guy, I, I agree. Go get him. I, I just, I don't have safety, as high of a positional value as I think a lot of people, or I just, I I might, I I might, I I might like, I might value it differently because I think safety is a position kind of like linebacker where you need experience on the field in that scheme that you're playing to get better. So that's why I don't like to draft people like that in the first round. But then again, you're doing the same thing. You draft them early in the second round. No, I like Morig. It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't think of the last like huge bust safety that was drafted like uh, in the first two rounds. I there hasn't really been one in a while. So uh, usually teams are pretty spot on when it comes to safeties. Yeah. Oh, and when he's the unanimous number one, it, it also helps it a little bit. I think. Yeah. Finish this off, sir, with 32, Tampa Bay. I mean, who did we pick at 29? Uh, Collins. Okay. Um, um I, I just uh, – I'm not even going to pick a player. Whoever's the best next on the board. All right. So Christian Barmore, I actually really like Christian Barmore to them because uh, if you look at their defensive line, no one is uh, younger than 29 years old. And three of the guy, four guys on their line are older than 32. So getting in some youth down there is not the worst thing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, uh, it is very rare for a team that won the Super Bowl to then return the next year all 22 starters. It's almost unheard of. So they can literally just pick a, the best player or the player they like most. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, that was an interesting first round. I uh, Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of unexpected things. Not unexpected I- Really, it's almost like we got the right 32 players, but like it's just going to come in a different order. Yeah, it's a jumbled order. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. I think I think we have like a really solid top 10 at least. Like, yeah, I, I think we have a solid. Those are 30. always the easiest to pick, though. Like, I, I can't think of a player right now that I would like really well. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, I feel like Stokes was taken a little early here. That's the only thing. I and but I I could actually. I mean, I think people will reach for a corner more than they reach for a defensive end. I mean, yeah. If if the first round ends like this, 
I mean, the next people are going to be killing each other to get back in that top three for guys like Phillips, uh, any of those guys, any of those run yeah. edge guys. So, all right. Well, um, that's going to do it for us today. Um, that was fun. Like I said, I think we got pretty good. Yeah, we definitely it, got the right 32 players. So, so as a final question, I'll just ask you who, if there was, who was the last player you remember that has gone, been on as much of a roller coaster stock wise as Devonta Smith has been on? Cause I can't think of one. Like when Waddle went down or let's start at the beginning of last year, he was the second best receiver on Alabama. Waddle went down. Then he was probably elevated to, you know, a first rounder halfway through the year. Uh, and then, he wins the Heisman. He's up. Uh, people were talking about him at like number two and number three. And now I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole. So I, I can't remember someone who's like just stock has plummeted that much. But I mean, if you want to talk like logistically, I want to say a guy like Laramie Tunsil, who. Yeah had a bad year his junior year stayed back had a really solid year his senior year flew up to you know top five discussion uh, in the same discussion as the number one pick then on draft day had the whole uh gas mask thing gas mask. that pushed him that down incredible. more people were like that oh my god incredible. he's not even gonna be a top 20 pick but then he ends up going 11 to the dolphins so see that's that, that's where all that's where all the general managers got wrong see i see that gas mask video and i'm like Yes, you move up three spots on my board. <laughs> I'm trying to look back to – I mean, the Raiders taking uh, Farrell at four a couple years ago. Yeah, and, and th th that is crazy if you think about it. But the fact that it's the Raiders who did that, it wasn't as big of a surprise. It, it was almost like – I expect them to do something stupid like that. Well, but like he was being talked about third round, then he elevated up to second. Then it was, oh, maybe he'll break into the first round after the combine, and then he ended up going four. So that's not really as much of a swing as as what Smith has had thus far. But it, if you take into account where he was actually drafted after all that, it's it's bigger. I can think of two quarterbacks who have had like up and down really crazily uh, Johnny Manziel and mm -hmm. Tim Tebow. Like they were yeah. looked as, and that almost is because of the fact it was back in 2011, 2007. I don't think either one of those guys in today's age would have had a stock at all really in the NFL draft. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Tim Tebow was basically God. So yeah, he was. <laughs> I mean, he was. There was nothing else to say about it. I mean, that's crazy. I'm trying to look too. Like, just I'm going back through all the old drafts, looking for a guy that slid. I mean, like Rogers was supposed to be. Yeah, the top. Uh, that that probably is. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to. So, if you think of his ceiling, would have been like the second pick. And he went 22. Oh, he went 22. See, I would have said 26. Maybe it was 26. What year was he drafted? Do you know? I don't know. It's when they still wore really old jerseys and he played for an ugly Cal team. I want to say 2009. No, that's uh, wrong. no, that was Stafford. That was Stafford's year. Um, yeah, 2009 is way wrong. I think it's way Maybe. Um, no, I don't think so. 
It was the same year as Alex Smith. That's all I know. Two thousand five. Two thousand. He went twenty four. Yeah, twenty four in two thousand five. I knew it was the same year as Alex Smith. He went. He yeah, went twenty four, and he was supposed to go uh, top five at, at least. Hey. Uh, credit to credit to the Packers because they got their quarterback and they waited for him to get good, and now they repay him by giving him nobody. Absolutely no nothing and drafting his replacement. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, it's a business. Oh, that's what they always say. It's a business. So, uh, that's probably going to be it for us this week. Um, unless we decide to get together for some last minute thing, I think that's going to be it. Um. We will let you guys know what we're doing Friday. At least Tom will. Um, or Thursday. I forget. I always forget it's Thursday. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything else, Tom? No, nah, man. I'm going to hop back into writing a paper <laughs> until it's make time sure, for me to meet with make, my group. Make, make sure you take it, you go through it, and you add, make the period like size 85 font. It really helps. <laughs> size 85. <laughs> no, right. I just. I need to just rewrite a bunch of it, which sucks, but what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm not – I tell you what, I'm not going to write that paper, so. Fair enough. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to go to NBA 2K and then just dream about playing the new Madden. So, all right, that's it for me. Tom, last words? Let's go dogs, baby. That's all we got.